0: Welcome back to, actually this is not the Jeff Buck podcast anymore, this is now the Teardown, this is the Athletic podcast, post-race podcast we've been doing. It has been behind a paywall since I joined the Athletic in May, but guess what, it is now free to you, yes you, I'm taking over my old podcast feed where I used to do the post-race podcast and I'm making this free, Uh, the Athletic has given me permission to do that. So thanks to them. Uh, The athletic platform is still where you hear uh, the 12 questions podcast as well as well as um, reading all the interviews that uh, I do and the articles and analysis and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this one particular thing is now free starting right now, starting today. Uh, The other uh, post race podcast we've been doing since then those are still living on the athletic in the archive if you want to go back listen to any of them i'm not going to be able to populate them in here but uh, this is taking over we're moving right now right this second from the untitled jeff gluck podcast to the tear down the post-race podcast so cue the new music here we go Mm Alright, everybody, again, it's me, Jeff Gluck. I'm back, and now I have company because I'm here with my coworker, Jordan Bianchi, also from The Athletic, and we are doing the uh, post-race podcast. You know, Jordan, you were the first guest on the Untitled Jeff Glock podcast, so now, fittingly, we do this podcast every week together, although people that don't subscribe probably don't even realize that, but now they do. So, Jordan, how's it going? We're here at the Roval together. Good, good race entertaining
1: race uh weird race interesting post race this is quickly in year two of the Roval is is living up to expectations as they can't miss nascar race and i thought last you know it wasn't maybe as chaotic as last year's race to the same level but it certainly delivered and that this is becoming one of those races that you can't miss
0: well, let's recap the uh, the races we've covered together since we joined the Athletic Were the Daytona July race, although so I had to leave because it got rained out. So at least we covered the weekend together. Then this race, and then the next one that we're going to be both at at the same time is Homestead because we're usually tra- trading off. We don't need two people mm-hmm. at the race necessarily. So this is how we viewed this race. We knew it was going to be a big, <laughs> a big deal and eventful, and it definitely delivered on lots to talk about. So I guess we should just jump right into it. I don't even really know where to start because where do you start with this? I guess let's just start with the winner, Chase Elliott, because I was still up in the press box before I came down and I was just thinking before that restart, man, you know, this is about the time of year or last year when this race started to get crazy when the leader went off and, and it was like, I, my eyes for a second up there, like sitting in the same spot. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, are my eyes showing me a replay? Like my brain did something weird where I'm like, Mm -hmm. did that just happen? Did what like what? I, I was so stunned. And yet he didn't have the you know, the same kind of damage. Actually, you know, it, it got out pretty unscathed and he he's able to recover. He was got really lucky because he didn't bounce back into traffic and that was what
1: happened last year as Keselowski hit the wall and traffic just piled up behind him. Elliott got incredibly lucky. He said as much post race, minimal damage on the car, quickly righted the ship and then the way the cautions fell, accompanied with the fact that he had a really fast race car. Allowed him to come back up through the field. So, yeah, it looked very similar. But unlike what happened last year to Brad Keselowski, who was leading, Elliot got away virtually
0: unscathed. I mean, it, it just, you know, as soon as he ca- came to Pitt Road and he's, like, asking Al- Alan Gustafson, like, oh, man, is my splitter up, you know, all this stuff. And they repaired the damage and they sent him out even – I noticed they sent him out before, like, the leader was even close to coming back around under caution. And I was like, well, that's got to be a good sign. They didn't even use all the time they mm-hmm. needed. And so once once that happened, I was like, oh, maybe he is because Gus was like, I think we're good, dude. You know, and I was like, oh, wow, maybe maybe he's not lying. And maybe, you know, cause sometimes they tell the driver, oh, we're fine. We're fine. And the driver doesn't really know. So afterwards, but they actually were. I mean, it was obviously a, still a fast race car.
1: They were really fast race car. He restarted like 27th ish right around
0: there and then quickly
1: picked up like 10 spots out of nowhere. And he was running in the top 15. And You're like, whoa, wow, he's going to have a good day at this. And then he just kept picking his way up there. And then the way the cautions fell and everything, you're like, he's going to win this thing maybe. And I didn't know if he was going to There's, a, you know, – it is tough to pass here at times. I mean, it's not easy. He was able to catch Harvick. And I was like, how the heck is he going to get by Harvick? And he did it. And I thought Harvick was going to come back on him. But once Elliott got by the four, he just drove by him and it was over. And that was really impressive.
0: Yeah. Harvick said afterwards, I mean, he was just faster. He just got beat. Yeah. I mean, Harvick was like, I did what I needed to do and did all I could. But – Elliot was just faster. So, um, the coolest part about the Elliot portion of this was had to be the celebration. I mean, that was so. I mean, I'm standing there on, on pit road um, waiting for, to talk to the other drivers, and I, I see him, you know, he, he revs the engine going by the front stretch, and then he just goes down there and, and stuffs it in the wall again in the same spot. <laughs> and uh, he said afterwards he was proud of himself for being so so quick-witted which i agree i mean that that's a hall of fame celebration right there like that that is a memorable to do that and then do the burnout and he's standing on top of his car the car have you seen the gif yet
1: yeah i saw it finally i, I didn't see it live at all and i didn't see a video until a little bit ago and i saw it i was like wow
0: that, the that's gif really of him good. standing on the car with his arms up and the car rolling backward through the smoke is just like that could be like an actual GIF that people use that not even a NASCAR sense. Like, <laughs> are you not, the, are you not entertained of 2019 GIF type thing? You know that, that that's memeable.
1: That that should be the new logo for the Roval, actually. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it should be. Yeah, no that that was that was uh, you know I got I gotta say. Uh, this was a crazy race, and it was borderline circus-like at times. Yeah, yes. uh, I, I think that maybe it's not. Uh, again, if you're if you're a purist racing fan, uh, and you watch this race today, you're probably thinking, um, you know, NASCAR. This just maybe not for me. Um, I came from <laughs> Laguna Seca IndyCar last week, where there was just hardly any shenanigans. Um, you know, that it was just pretty much straight up, and really, I mean it was the the entertainment factor is about sort of just like the the purity of the racing i guess uh, this was just wild and chaotic but this is what nascar is in 2019 in in some ways i mean yeah. is that no true? it's
1: very accurate and especially on road courses over the last few years these are the new short tracks we've heard this before drivers get physical they're not afraid to move guys around you can damage your race car you can still come back and race you see a lot of angry feuds you know start we saw one today we we just see these things happen um, on road courses, over and over again, and that's why fans like them, and that's why people are saying, "Hey, we want more short, we want more short tracks, we want more road courses." And NASCAR is listening, and we're going to see what happens. And I think the success that Charlotte has had, and they've done a great job of building this the, this road course on this facility, is is certainly compelling reason to, for other tracks to look at it and say, "You know what? Maybe this is something we need to
0: try." Well, I mean, I, my biggest fear going into this race was last year there was so much hype for it, and then it mm-hmm. delivered possibly even more than it, you know, and, and uh, there's surely this couldn't possibly live up to it. I don't think this was quite the level of last year, obviously with the way last year finished and everything like that. But, uh, it was still like, I'll give you an example. Like the, uh, I had four friends, uh, who are into racing in Portland, Oregon, They flew out here for this race as well. So usually when I'm at the tweet ups, it's like I'm for an East Coast race. Sometimes I'm the farthest person that came. But I was like, well, I know here's four people (laughs) standing from Oregon that came for this as well. So clearly this was something that captured people's attention they wanted to be at. They knew it was going to be entertaining. They knew it was going to deliver. And it did. So if you're a fan from a fan standpoint, you're looking to be entertained this entertained and so therefore rovolts two for two on compelling races absolutely and it's shown to be a great playoff race because it's got a lot of drama it allows
1: drivers opportunities to race their way into the playoffs we saw that today with alex bowman and it it also is a very tough and challenging track where drivers are going to make mistakes and those playoff drivers who make mistakes are going to find themselves on the wrong side of the cut line which we saw today with a couple guys so i I like it i'm i'm very encouraged by what i see Last year, there was some hesitation of, like, how is this actually going to work? And it's worked. It's two for two. And it's become a race, I think, along with Talladega and Martinsville, that are the three races in the playoffs. And you can add Bristol in there next year as well, where it's like, this is anything can happen. And it probably will. And that's what you want out of NASCAR. That's what you want out of sports is to tune in and say, this is going to be unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know for sure I'm going to be entertained for the next three hours.
0: Yep. Well, let's talk about uh, some of the many other things that happened today. Uh, let's start with Ryan Newman, because it sure seemed like up till the later stages, la- last few laps, Ryan Newman was once again <laughs> going to um, somehow pull this out. He wasn't going to get let Eric Almirola pass him. Alex Bowman was going to have to go win the race in the position he was in. He, Alex Bowman had, had a great drive to get all the way up to second. But he was too far behind Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott certainly wasn't just going to stop on the track and let Bowman win, even though they are teammates. Um, And so it really looked like Newman is somehow going to get in. And then he blows the chicane, his second uh, fairly big mistake of the day after stalling it on pit road. um, Newman ultimately falls short. But, I mean, dude, the guy almost made the second round on sheer will and guts yeah. i mean they he even said afterwards he was he's it was in that position today because he had to overdrive it all day they they just no. were not even close no. and it, that's that's been their season he he elevated that team almost in the second round of the playoffs yeah i mean, he, I mean he, for him.
1: he willed the team it was a gritty performance he punched above his weight class all season long they had a formula during which the race. is hard because well <laughs> obvious joke uh, you you can say that to ryan i if he's <laughs> listening i did not make that joke um so you look at this season though they've just done a great job of maximizing their finishes and this was a race though and we've talked about it. you you have to have at some point you're gonna have to go out there and perform and you're gonna have to have speed and when you make mistakes like they had an issue on pit road today and he stalled the car you've got to have speed in your race car because it certainly goes a long way to helping you recover you know Chase Elliott was able to recover his from his mistake because he had a really fast race car. Ryan didn't have that car. And when you don't have that car, you're going to have to push it. And he just over pushed himself. And when you get back in traffic like that, you're just going to become victimized. You know, there was one time where Matt Tiff spun out and Ryan had to dart through the grass and he ends up kicking a bunch of grass on his, you know, grill. And so those kind of moments, you just, it starts to snowball and it just goes downhill from there. And you never have track position at that and you're in scramble mode. and, And it's really, really tough to get out of that. But kudos to him. I mean, that team did a great job. They went a lot farther this season than anybody thought they did. And for a good chunk of this day, it certainly appeared that he was going to go on to the round of 12. Fell a little bit short, but it's not for lack of effort.
0: Let's talk about Alex Bowman. Uh, He ends up making it in kind of against uh, all odds there late. I mean, it certainly didn't seem like he was going to make it. And turns out he had been pretty sick, he said, from lap 10 on. Uh, He was feeling tingly and felt like he had nothing physically. Um, He obviously made a mistake yesterday in uh, practice. This is Saturday I'm talking about. Uh, Wrecked his car, had to give up his front row spot, goes to the back, uh, then makes a mistake on lap one by spinning in the chicane. Um, You know, really disastrous start for him. Had to rally back all day. Uh, Spins Bubba Wallace after Bubba Wallace flipped him off too many times. Said uh, maybe stick that finger back in the car and it wouldn't happen to you. He said afterwards, but uh, you know he's uh, he he really had to um, you know overcome that. And then afterwards he's sitting on pit road. You were there. You want to you, give your eyewitness account of what happened? Yeah.
1: So. Alex Bowman gets out of his race car and is immediately – you can just slump. I mean a lot of – the heat today was excessive. A lot of drivers felt that the fact that he was sick added to it. Gets out of his race car, immediately falls back against his car and basically slides to the ground. It's like, okay, you know. Then he takes off his helmet and its he's, he's out of it. I mean he's not feeling well at all. He's sick. Okay. So – uh, my story I'm writing about is Alex Bowman, and obviously what, what happened with Bubba Wallace today is going to be included in that. So the, the medical personnel are there. They're treating Bowman. So obviously there's nothing going on right there for myself. I now proceed to go down pit road to, to see if Bubba Wallace is around. Well, lo and behold, he's actually walking towards me. I catch him, ask him if he can talk about the incident. He says nothing. He's very stoic, walking with a purpose, following him, makes a beeline for Bowman against his car, doesn't hesitate, walks over to him, leans down, and splashes water. Or I think it was Gatorade actually in retrospect. I tweeted it was water, but it was actually Gatorade. Splashes Bowman with a bunch of Gatorade. The Gatorade splashed Uh, some medical personnel was there. Jeff Gordon got a bunch of it. And then he said something to Bowman, and I don't know what he said. Uh, And then Wallace made a beeline out of there and got out of there. And it was interesting because everybody was just like, what just happened? Like, Gordon was like, what's going on? Everybody's just like, it happened so quick, and it was over so quick. No one knew what to do. Usually in those situations, you see crew guys hop in. And no one hopped in because it just was over in a blink of an eye. Plus, he had no idea what Wallace was going to do until he actually did it. So it was, it was an interesting post-race scenario, a uh, situation. I've never seen one like it.
0: Who all did you talk to about this whole uh, this whole story that you're doing on, on Bowman?
1: Sure, we talked to Greg Ives, Bowman's crew chief. We got comments from Bubba Wallace's crew chief. We talked to Jeff Gordon and Victor Lane, who had some very interesting comments about Bowman and the day he had, and had some really good insight on things and his perspective. And you know, and I think Ives really hit the nail on the head. And I don't want to give too much away. I encourage you to read on the Athletic um, on really on his perspective because
0: there were some moments there where Ives was kind of uncertain <laughs> on how the things were going to unfold. So Jordan's story will be on The Athletic. And, uh, of course, we hope you're a subscriber. If you're not, uh, you can still – well, we have the playoff deal going on now. So you can still (laughs) get 40% off of The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash green flag. That will give you the 40% off deal for the entire year. So you never have to be mad at us for being behind the paywall again. (laughs) And you can read Jordan's story. You can read my top five, which will come later as well. Uh, in addition to all the other stuff we're doing. So uh, that's the that's our plug for that. And, of course, um, if you are a subscriber uh, and you want to read our stories, make sure to follow at The Athletic Auto on Twitter because that's where that will be. Um, Bowman also talked about outside the Care Center, and he talked about Wallace. Uh, you know, are, are you worried about that feud going forward? Because now Bowman, he's in the playoffs. He has two non-playoff drivers angry at him. He has... Uh, Austin Dillon angry at him, and he doubled down on those comments this weekend. and And Austin Dillon tried to make a joke like, "Well, I'm a spork guy anyway, not a silver spoon guy." Uh, people didn't seem to like that. I thought it was funny. That's why I tweeted it out. But people were like, "That's so dumb." Austin Dillon's an idiot. Uh, but I, I, like I said, I, I, you know, I thought it was he was taking it lightheartedly, and he, you know, whatever. People didn't like the comeback. But uh, and now Bubba Wallace. So two people mad at him. Is that going to affect Alex Bowman's uh, playoff? Chances? I mean, is he gonna get into trouble here?
1: No. I mean, if you're thinking that you know Austin Dillon or Bubba Wallace are gonna go out there and they're gonna seek retribution and, and spin out Alex Bowman, the answer is no. NASCAR's been pretty quick on this. Of you know, you if you're in the playoffs, you you kind of get preferential treatment and the other drivers have to respect that. Now, it could be tough, they may try to pass him and everything, but I'll say this. And Alex kind of talked about it. If you've got a fast race car, like Alex Bowman appears to be, he's going to three racetracks where he's finished second earlier this year, so he should be strong at Talladega, Dover, and Kansas theoretically he's going to be running up towards the front I don't know how much he's actually going to be racing Austin Dillon and Bubba Wallace and if he is racing those guys in mid-pack on back then he's got bigger problems to worry about because obviously he doesn't have the speed and if he doesn't have the speed he's not gonna have the points and that means he's probably facing elimination so no I don't think this is gonna be an issue I think it's a it's a it's a done deal they move forward
0: I don't know I don't think I agree with you I mean Martinsville is a good place to where even if you're like lapping somebody or something like that. I'm not they saying. Go, oh man, I got loose in turn four. Oops. Yeah, I mean I get it. I mean
1: yes, they can make it difficult for him and everything. But I, I mean, again, NASCAR polices this really good. And if you're if you're an doesn't Aust-
0: matter. Ask Joey Logano. <laughs>
1: that is, that is very true. And Logano probably costs that that costs Logano a championship. But or okay, let's say that something like that happens, and we saw this earlier with with Johnny Sauter and Austin Hill. You know, a similar situation. Apple's and oranges a little bit. I mean, are those guys willing to risk a suspension? I mean, that that's what it comes down to. I mean, and I don't Does think Bubble Walls care. Honestly, yeah. If I'm Bubble Walls, I yeah. do care because I don't have sponsorship on that car. Um, I don't have full funding on that car. I'm looking at my image, which which honestly honestly took a hit today. It did. I mean, it, it took a big did. hit. Yeah, I, people I,
0: were not happy about that. Uh, you know, you don't you don't go splash someone uh, somebody's. Uh, Faced with Gatorade, who's on the ground and medical
1: personnel personnel were there, so it's not like you could tell that. I just for me, if I'm Bubba, I want this to be over and done with, and I I don't want people to be reminded of what happened today. So, no, I'm not doing something weeks down the road where people are going to bring up this and then all of a sudden I'm a bad guy. That's not what Bubba Wallace, frankly, needs right now.
0: Yeah, you're right, he needs to be the popular well-liked person not not a you know splash gatorade on his own image yeah uh, so let's talk about um the four guys who well we talked about newman but uh the other guys that didn't make it unfortunately this is the end of the road for eric jones who really should not have been out in the first round but things actually now three things out of his own doing yeah. all three races were stuff out of his own doing yeah. essentially uh this race today he would have had to win but Ah uh, was set up by a questionable caution, uh, which we'll get. We will definitely get to the cautions. <laughs> but that was set up by questionable caution. Re bunches the field. He gets taken out as a hole in his radar. He's done. Really, I mean that that was a total disaster uh, for him. He should have made it, maybe made the round of eight based on the JGR speed. Uh, like I said though, not his fault. Um, then you have Kurt Busch, really mystifying what happened there. He called it afterwards a total nightmare. His first round. Um, I have to agree because they were—they yeah. really had decent speed all year. They were outperforming Larson most of the season. Yeah. Then they get into the playoffs and just lay a complete egg. What the hell happened there? Yeah, I talked to Matt McCall
1: post-race, and this is going to be a story on com about Kurt and kind of what he's brought to, to Chip Ganassi Racing. And Matt not delving too much into it and giving it away too much, but Matt basically said this is our three worst races of the years. Like Everything that could go wrong for us went wrong for us. We just didn't execute. We didn't have speed. It was just a disaster, and it was – a frustrating end to what was a really good season for this team because Kurt has come in and really elevated this number one Chip Ganassi Racing team to a higher level. Done a fantastic job in the car, behind the scenes, and they just, as Matt said, they just had their three absolute worst
0: races of the year, and it can go wrong in a hurry, and it did for him. Wow, that that's a fairly shocking elimination. I thought I mm-hmm. thought that uh, he definitely would have made it at least out of the first round. Uh, not as shocking, at least to me, no offense, Eric Amarola. No, I mean, uh, he hasn't you know. had a top 10 in what? 11 races. I mean, is so, that right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, doesn't lead a lot of laps.
1: is isn't finishing in that top 10. You don't have any playoff point or not a lot of playoff points or anything. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, that you, you've got to up your game and you look at, we talked about Newman and how they got better at this time of year. We looked at Bowman today, really kind of willed that car know, up to, up through the field into a second place finish. Eric had his, op, his chances and it just wasn't there. And it's mystifying to me is Kevin Harvick is is obviously really good. And I think he's a championship contender. I think that's more than fair to say. And Clint Boyer's been pretty good the last few races as well and has speed in his car and finishing well. Where's that out of Eric Amaral? Where
0: Where's that speed? Where's that performance?
1: It's just not there. So sorry.
0: Yeah. So uh, round two is going to have, what, three J- JGR cars. Mm-hmm. Three Penske cars, mm-hmm. uh, three Hendrick cars, yep. two SHR cars with Harvick and Boyer. Yep. Um, who Larson. else? Larson. Larson. Yep. That's it. That's it. Larson. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's something else. So you've got three teams taking up seventy-five percent of the round two. Yeah. Playoffs.
1: And I think, and I, this is something I did talk to Jeff Gordon about, and you'll see it in the story that I'm writing. Is, you know, we've heard a lot this year about Hendrick and. Their woes, and it looked like at, at one point this summer, they really had a lot of speed in their cars. They won at Chicago. Uh, Alex Bowman won at Chicago. They had great finishes across the board. It looked like, hey, Hendrick's coming back. And it's kind of been up and down. They've been good some weeks. they so so other weeks. But at the end of the day, they've got three cars going on into the quarterfinals.
0: I would not have guessed that. I
1: wouldn't either. I, I wouldn't either. Um, William Byron looks really good. Chad Kanelson and William Byron are doing a great job over there. Great, great game plan going into this race. I'm maximizing our stage points, qualifying in the
0: pole. You know, not putting yourself in bad spot. Knauss coached him through that so yeah. well, I thought. he Knauss was great on the radio all day.
1: I talked to our colleague David Smith today, and we had this conversation for an end-of-the-year piece we have on The Athletic of kind of you know, wrapping everything up and awards and everything. Chad Knauss is my crew chief of the year. I think he's done just a, a fantastic job with that team and, and really guiding him. And you heard it today on the radio. I mean, it's just it, he's really kind of leading William Byron on in, and it's great. And, you know, you look at Bowman today and going into a round where he's had really good cars earlier in the year – this is shaping up to be good. And I think Chase Elliott is, you know, Chase has shown that he is a very good driver, and he's always kind of been the exception in the last few years. As Hendrick has had these woes, Chase has been the exception. He's had speed. He's had wins. Um, he's won at Kansas last year. He's won at Dover before. Um, I think Chase is making a case for himself, and I think he's going to put himself in a position to maybe get in the semifinals,
0: and then who knows from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, anybody else, any other drivers you want to touch on today? Obviously Boyer makes it through. He did what he yep. had to do. Um, Larson seemed like he would have had a fast car, but unfortunately he was yeah. penalized. Not of his own doing that. That was a weird ticky tech call.
1: Yeah. And a day filled with interesting officiating. That was certainly an, an yeah, interesting. I mean, let's just, let's just Go uh, ahead.
0: take the Band-Aid off this and talk about this. officiating. <laughs> this, this was a real problem. Um, look, you know, the, the cautions were inconsistent today to put it nicely. I thought, um, When you have a driver spin and you don't call a caution, and then you have a driver spin almost in the same spot, same way, not hit anything, and you do call a caution, um, it's just like, what's going on here? Now, I did talk to NASCAR about this afterwards. I haven't even told you about this yet. No, I look forward to hearing it. So NASCAR's explanation for the inconsistency of the cautions was... If they are sitting up, that th- this is a huge track, sure. and this is probably the most difficult track to officiate. There's 17 turns. Yeah, they have five people up there watching for stuff, so they cannot see it all. They say, "Okay, so listen, I'm, I'm just—I I see your face, but just hang, bear with me. I'm giving you their explanation first before we give our opinions." So, you know, they have camera angles, of course, and they could see things. Their explanation was if they see it happen for instance with stenhouse spinning they called a very quick caution in the chicane the backshirt yeah. chicane they happened to be looking at it at that moment they called it if they hear from one of their spotters around the track car spinning then they look at it and the car they they see the car moving on or exiting by the time they've seen it they let it go you know what i mean no, so that's I, yeah. that's what they're saying they're saying if they see it in real time they're going to call it if not, it and they've seen it, and it they may, yeah, on the replay it looks like similar, yeah. but to them, their live eyes, this is their explanation. They say that that's, they, that's why the inconsistency. Go ahead.
1: I understand what they're saying. I get it. It's tough to manage the race here. There's two things. If you have five people up there and you're not able to see everything at once, well, then you need more people, bottom line. Secondly... I don't know why on road course races NASCAR doesn't use local yellows. I think it would go an incredibly long way to solving a lot of these issues where you just have a local yellow, you don't have to have a full course yellow, and whether you threw it or not, it would really just erase this debate and it would solve the problem. and It would make it so much more straightforward. It's what other series use on road courses. I
0: don't get why NASCAR doesn't do this.
1: Well, I think
0: they... Like the cautions, because when you have sure. a caution, the leader goes off into turn one and stuffs it in the wall for two straight years. <laughs> no, I, I get it. So cautions want brief, the, yeah. Yes, they want the entertainment value. Now, today had too many cautions toward the end. And it was caution, 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 caution. Um, if they had called every one of those earlier in the race, then you would have had even well, obviously, you would have had even more. But I, I personally, I'm, I'm, I would like to sort of find I, all I care about is one way or the other. Just do it the same every time. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, we talked about this a few weeks ago after Darlington. It's just for me, it's consistency. I just want it one way, and that's what drivers and teams want. If you're going to call it this way, then call it this way. But don't deviate in the race. If this is a caution, this isn't a caution. It, it's just it, It's not fair to the participants. And these other playoffs, there is a lot at stake. And if you're going to ask your drivers and teams to up their game to a higher level, and you're going to put the pressure on them to be these superhuman beings and come through in the clutch and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, then I expect the same out of the officials.
0: Yeah, and then you had a, some – it seemed like they got the, they had trouble getting the lineup set a couple times today. Yep. They couldn't get Kozlowski moved where he wanted it. Chase Elliott was still upset about that after the race. Um, then at the end of stage two, they couldn't get it restarted for whatever reason, um, and it just ended – Uh, under caution, that wasn't good. They, they wasted some laps toward the end when there was uh, oil on the track and And they were just trying to axle. Don't forget the axle axle on the track. Um, a car had pulled off, uh, Garrett Smithley and they were about to go back to green and drivers were screaming about it. Then they put the oil dry down after they had already wasted a couple laps. So it, you know, this was probably the, the worst officiated race of the year that they've had. And obviously, they're, everybody's human. Like, I, I you, know, you know, you make mistakes and, and all that stuff. But uh, it was kind of bad timing for a playoff, the first playoff it's elimination t- race to have uh, a, a poorly officiated race.
1: It is. And the saving grace is, again, people make mistakes. It happens. You live and learn. I give NASCAR credit. They do seem to be more rec- – they recognize their own mistakes, and they are willing to kind of address them going forward. I hope that's the case from this. And I will say this. At the end of the day, I don't think any of their – Officiating mistakes really impacted the playoffs. Like the guys who—I
0: don't what? know if you can say that. Who? I mean, like, I mean, you like. Well, I don't know if you're saying it's a mistake. Then, like, the—are you saying that the cautions are? Yeah, I mean, you, you go way? back and
1: look at the cautions and whether that should have been a caution, and maybe you know there would have been a pileup and reached you know the the turn one pileup that impacted Kirk Bush and everything. I'd have to go back and say I just think at the end of the day the four guys that got eliminated. Are kind of the four guys that deserve to be eliminated, and and I don't, I'm not too, well, not too upset yeah. by, I, I don't feel like anyone who's e- egregiously wrong, and I'm throwing out like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. So I, I just, I'm, not, I'm not happy with what transpired today. I'd like to see some corrections made, but I do think at the end of the day,
0: NASCAR got away with it, and I think you know, all you can do is say, hopefully they learn and move forward. Well Jordan, it's time for us to try to predict what fans will think of this uh interesting race. I'm not sure where to go with this one. I'm not sure how the was it a good race poll will turn out because quite frankly, uh there was some not so great parts of this race. There were some entertaining parts and there were some wild parts and some good parts and I don't I don't know how it's going to shake out. Um do you, do you want to go first you want me to oh, go I'll first? I'll take it. Okay. I, 85%. Um 85. Yeah.
1: People forget, last year's race, the finish of this was nuts and crazy, and there was a good race in the middle between Brad Keselowski and Kyle Larson. Other than that, the eh, race was kind of you know so-so, but no one talks about that. What do they talk about? They talk about the finish. Same thing today. Great finish. You had a comeback by Chase Elliott. You had a comeback by Alex Bowman racing his, his heart out in the last couple laps trying to get in the playoffs. You had a kind of unpredictability. Yeah, I think people are going to remember that and think of the exciting finishes and, and Ryan Newman trying to get in the playoffs.
0: So, yeah, give me an 85%. Plus you got a popular winner in Chase Elliott. That will definitely help. Um, I, I, I was going to say somewhere in the 80s, but I don't know if I share quite the optimism. I think that some, you know, judging by the fan reaction about the cautions, they didn't like that. Uh, they see, people did seem mad about that. I could see it being a little bit lower, so I'll go 80. I'll give you a little bit of breathing room. I won't do the over under thing. <laughs> I am tempted to go 84 and just make it over under, but, uh, I don't want to, our first three podcast. Don't, don't,
1: don't do that. If I were you, it's not been good for you.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll now, now, now I'm like, now my garden is up. My competitive spirits up. But anyway, folks, uh, like I said, this is where our post race podcasts are going to live going forward. Um, not on the athletic platform, but right here on my old podcast feed for the untitled Jeff Clark podcast. So, um, I'm not sure if it's, if it will have happened yet, it says it takes 24 hours to refresh the, uh, the image and the feed and all that stuff. But, um, it'll be switching from my logo face to the teardown podcast, which we acknowledge looks like he ear down. I know it doesn't look like it says the teardown, but that's what's, that's what the reality is. Um. And then uh, the name will be changing. So if you're like looking at this in your podcast feed and you're like, what's the teardown? When did I subscribe to that? Uh, that's my old feed. So all the other old episodes should all be in there. Uh, but now this is where I'll be posting the podcast. Um, now, the 12 Questions podcast, as I said, will still be on The Athletic only. Um, in addition to all the other writing we're doing, we really encourage you uh, to subscribe. I think the 40% off deal puts it at what? two ninety nine a month? Yeah, a cup of coffee. Two ninety nine a month, cup one cup of coffee. Uh, that's really, I mean, to buy one USA Today mm-hmm. is, which is my old employer, is two dollars a day. Uh, this is two ninety nine a month, and so, you get
1: not just motorsports coverage, you get sports across the board: football, NBA, NHL, soccer, basketball, college football. Great coverage from terrific top flight writers. Uh, if you are a sports fan and you're not subscribing to the Athletic, you should, because you are going to love and love the coverage.
0: Yeah, that's well. That seems like a popular misconception. I get people on Twitter all the time, like, "Well, if I subscribe to the motorsports, am I getting everything?" Yes, that's the that's the price for everything. So again, this forty percent off deal right now is uh theathletic.com slash green flag. Please don't uh, yell at us for giving you a free podcast now, because people yell at yell at me for being behind a paywall. But uh, I we're, we've been char- you know our our editor says we need to be doing stories that people cannot find for free. That's the entire point. Mm -hmm. People are always like, oh, well, I don't want to, I'm not paying for news. Sorry. I, I enjoyed reading your stuff. But the whole point is like, we're doing stuff that is not available anywhere else or that's our goal. Yeah. So anyway, that's our little insight into our daily Twitter life. But, um, Jordan, uh, you can follow him at Jordan underscore Bianchi. Again, follow our feed of all our stories if you're a subscriber at The Athletic Auto so that you don't miss anything. That's where they all come out, and our editor is posting from that feed as soon as she actually posts the story. So that's, that's the first place I'll be even before our Twitter feeds. And, of course, uh, I'm Jeff underscore Gluck. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you right here next week on The Teardown.